Before we get into today's episode, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know by now, we're here to tell you that hockey has returned to ESPN. The NHL season has started back up, and that means you can stream your team's games on ESPN+. Plus, From the Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning to the brand new Seattle Kraken. Subscribe to ESPN+, Plus so you don't miss a goal. In the Crease is presented by ADT. Brilliantly safe. The ESPN NHL podcast with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan. Emily Kaplan, Linda Cohn, it's the In the Crease podcast. And Linda, I feel like this happens all the time in the NHL because it's like October and you're like, oh my God, Connor McDavid just scored the goal of the year. Have you seen it? And then two weeks later, it's like, wasn't that you that said that? (laughs) And then maybe two weeks later, I'm like, oh, Connor McDavid actually scored the goal of the year. And then okay. November passes. And then we get to December and it's like, wait, did the Anaheim Ducks just score the goal of the year? So Linda, did they? Well, here's the thing. That's what makes this game so great, Emily, because there isn't just one guy, one play, one moment. Don't close your eyes. And maybe some people did. Maybe people were not locked in like I was to the Anaheim Ducks and Sabres in Buffalo. It was our ESPN Plus exclusive broadcast game. Butchagras and Callie were on the call. I was sitting in my beautiful In the Crease studios doing cut-ins during that game and the Nashville-Detroit game, our other exclusive game of the night. But my eyes were always on the Anaheim Ducks. I feel like they're my neighbors here in Southern California, and I just there's a definite connection to them. I, even when they haven't been good, that's how it's been for me. But Me, you, and the people that know the game know how great Trevor Zegers is. I did some research on Sonny Milano. This guy, since he was 14 years old, was he could be in the circus. I mean, he was doing like funny, silly trick shots, things like this to get that puck in the net. So, yes, it was incredible chemistry as Trevor Zegers heard Sonny Milano say, Michigan, Michigan, as Zegers was behind the net. And he was he had every intention to pass it to Sonny Milano, but in the conventional way, because Milano was planted right in front of the Buffalo netminder. But when he heard Sonny Milano say, Michigan, Michigan, then the Z-man, Zegris, did the nice flip up over the net of the puck, which to me is incredible. And then for Sonny Milano to bat it out of thin air, eye-hand coordination, great eye-hand coordination is not... I don't know. It's not enough of a great compliment to say what those two pulled off. And yes, it was the assist of the year. You can make a case. It was the assist of the decade by Trevor Zegers. It was one of the best plays I've ever, ever seen in a hockey game. It was unbelievable. And obviously Trevor Zegers' reaction after just showed how unbelievable it was. Adorable. It was just so pure. And we're pumped because we're going to have the boys on later in the podcast and you're going to hear from them and we're going to talk to them about the goal, the aftermath, everything that went into it. I think the coolest part for me is that we're seeing this young generation of players who are audacious and they are bold and they want to be kind of showy. And the NHL put out a tweet of Pavel Datsuk trying a similar move that Trevor Zegers did decades ago and said Pavel Datsuk walked so Trevor Zegers could run. And, you know, obviously that's like a little bit of a meme, but it was funny to me because I do feel like there's guys now that just want to be a little flashier, want to be showier. And, and it's the change we're seeing in hockey culture. And, you know, I've teased it. I think it's coming out next week. The story I did with Jack Hughes 
And it's all about Jack Hughes kind of wanting to shake things up. And remember when Jack Hughes threw his stick over the glass as a celebration? A couple nights later, his buddy Zegris, who they're really close with, did the same. And I almost feel like, okay, Zegris tried this crazy move. We're going to see Jack try to do it. And then we're going to see their other buddies kind of do it. It's like this little rat pack in the NHL um, that are just trying to elevate the sport to a new level. What, What they're doing on the ice, of course, but also what they're doing off the ice. And that's what excites me. Well, there's so many things that I want to like piggyback to what you just said. Uh, it must have been a great things, point by me then. It really job, was. One of, the, one of the great things, not bad since you're living the glamorous life, traveling from hotel to hotel. We'll get into your crazy schedule later. But, um, you know, just that you were conscious enough to make this great point is fabulous. I'm very impressed. So thank you. The, the youngsters, right? Younger than Trevor Zegers and Sonny Milano, if that's possible. I mean, kids in all ages in hockey. You then saw the next morning, okay, the next morning at these certain practices on social media, these young hockey players of all levels, peewees to mites to you name it, trying this play that Trevor Zegers and Sonny Milano pulled off. And I think that is just so awesome. And the other part, talking about the hockey culture changing. Let's give a little bit of credit of our mutual buddy, Dallas Akins, head coach of the Anaheim Ducks. Okay. We know he's a great guy and we love the success he's having this year with the Ducks. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, Emily, that even if Zegers and Milano did not pull off that miracle goal and had that great chemistry. And oh, by the way, the Ducks won this game and it was the game winning goal. Can can I mention that too? But back to Dallas Akins, I think he still would have applauded them for trying. And so maybe guys like Dallas Akins, coaches like Dallas Akins, are, are becoming less conservative and not being afraid to open up this Pandora's box of what these young players have and the skill set that they have and letting it shine, not only in practice, practice, not in practice, but do it in a game. And we've seen, we know all the NHL player is so talented, Emily. We know many of them could do it in practice, but to have the, you know, what's to pull it off in a game and know you're not going to be, you know, ridiculed for it if you fail. See, that's the thing about Trevor Zegras. If you watch, and I've watched a lot of Ducks games, he pulls off so, so many amazing plays. They all don't work, his playmaking, but many of them do. But the key is the coaching staff gives him that freedom to try. So thrilled to be joined now by a couple of rock stars, let's face it. Anaheim Ducks, Trevor Zegras, and Sonny Milano. The two guys who have lit up, broke the internet with their amazing goal. Everyone's seen it. And I mean, everyone. We found out just now from your wonderful PR guy, Alex, that your goal has been seen as we speak on this In the Crease podcast 47 million times. Let me repeat that. 47 million times (laughs) on the internet. Uh, First, UZ. Your reaction when you hear that? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, I think it's just cool kind of seeing all the videos of, of people practicing or trying their, or whether it's at, at practice or like the younger kids kind of in the driveway. Um, so I think that was probably the coolest, the coolest thing I took from it. Yeah. No, Sonny, how about you, though? I mean, what would have happened if you missed that opportunity to bat the puck in? <laughs> Honestly, like a couple of games ago, uh, he made a really nice play through his legs and I missed the wide open back door. So I kind of, he kind of gave me some crap about that for about two weeks there or a week there. So I had to bury that one for him. 
Yeah, because I would have thought if I'm you in my dreams, but if I'm you, I would have had nightmares. Like even after this great, amazing thing that happened in your career that you've gone viral and I, you'd be thinking like, oh my God, if I would have missed this, my <laughs> life, my future would have just changed dramatically. Uh, but seriously, yeah. let's go back to that moment. And I know you guys have been talking about it ad nauseum for great reason. But in that moment, Z, what was it like? I mean, you're behind the net. Uh, what came to mind? Can you take us through it step by step? Yeah, um, Ricky, our other uh, our other linemate, made a good play to get it to me behind the net. And um, once I settled it down, Sonny was was yelling Michigan behind the net. And the first thing I, I thought of uh, was kind of just flip it to him. And uh, I mean, obviously, he's got some pretty good hand eye coordination and. Um, I give him pretty much all the credit for that goal. I mean, that's that's a tough, tough play to make. And the goalie was there and he put it in. And I was kind of in shock when it worked. But <laughs> I think it was a pretty cool play. Yeah, I love your expression. I love both your expressions after the goal. But, you know, Sonny, when you were yelling to Trevor, Michigan, Michigan, did you really think he was going to pass it to you? Or were you telling him, hey, go ahead and do a Michigan and score a goal that way and wrap it around? Yeah, I mean, definitely when I was called for, I thought he was just going to wrap around the normal way, but I wasn't really too surprised when he flipped <laughs> it over. So, <laughs> You know, you're no stranger, Sonny, to these kind of stick tricks. I said this on the podcast. Anyone can go on YouTube, and that's YouTube is an amazing thing, as you guys know. You're all a part of it. You're all through it. Through your childhood, I know you're young now, even though Sonny's five years older than Z over there. But so, not that I want to remind you that you're the old man here. But Sonny, you're no stranger to stick tricks. I mean, where did this start? You have some amazing videos out there. And way back when, back in 2013, 2014, I believe, you did something with Bauer Hockey when you were a real youngster doing these fun kind of tricks with a stick. Where does that come from when you realize, hey, I could set myself apart this way? I don't know. It was just a passion of mine. Playing hockey, I just all my free time was spent just in my basement, uh, working on super little stick tricks like that. And uh, I guess watching guys like Datsuk and Kane, they were always doing interesting things on the ice. And I don't know, it was just kind of something that I did for fun. But did you ever think that you had to hear from people or coaches? Uh, and this goes for the both of you, where hey, that's all cute and nice and great, but just do it in practice. Don't ever do it in a game. Yeah, probably, probably a thousand times. <laughs> you? Uh, How about you? I, it's funny because I'm, I'm kind of the exact opposite. I've never kind of gotten anybody to kind of get on me about that kind of stuff, which which is, I think, maybe a reason why I've always kind of had the courage to try those things. Um, but I've had some unbelievable coaches that have been great with me in the past about kind of making some some crazy plays like that. But I don't know. You know, Z, do you think maybe then we know it's a good thing? We know it's a positive for the game but since the five years difference in age you think maybe the league coaches mindsets of coaches are changing in the right direction for sure I mean I guess Sonny's kind of blazing the path for me almost kind of <laughs> starting all these crazy tricks um and I mean he's always trying some some fun stuff out there so it's definitely it's definitely cool playing with him Sonny you never thought you'd be labeled as a trailblazer you know <laughs> 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 Luke, uh, I think like special comment on that stuff too. Like all their goals we're scoring the past couple of years definitely eased up on some coaches. Oh yeah. Speaking of coaches, your head coach, what was his reaction when you guys got back to the bench? Give me some, put us right there. <laughs> I don't even think he said that. <laughs> I think he just gave us some knuckles and said good goal. Yeah, oh yeah. 
<laughs> trying to be cool, like no big deal. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Now, what what's next in the arsenal for you two? I mean, is there something you haven't tried yet and you're thinking about? Sonny said he's going to try and score with the butt end of his stick one of these days. <laughs> Other than that. Other than that, I'm not sure. It's not like you haven't tried that before, Sonny. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh, so you mentioned, Sonny, about some inspirations and people are throwing out the names of Patty Kane and Pavel Datsuk. How about you, Z? You know, growing up, I mean, was that something big to you of like how to set yourself apart with your puck handling skills? Yeah, for sure. I think I was always drawn to when I was watching games to, like Sonny said, Datsuk and Patrick Kane and those guys that tried tried to play the game a little bit different differently than than the rest. Um, so I was, I mean, like Sonny said, it was one of those things that you loved kind of trying. I loved stick handling in the garage or in the driveway or flipping pucks and trying to catch them on my stick. So it was just always something about the game that I enjoyed. <clears throat> How about some of the reaction maybe you didn't expect to get from your great goal against Buffalo? Like you were like through social media or you got a text, uh, someone that like, oh my God, he or she saw that? Wow. First UZ. Uh, Michael B. Jordan put it on his uh, his Instagram, and then he, I ended up exchanging um, a text with him afterwards, which I thought was was pretty cool. Was pretty cool. Yeah. How about you, Sonny? Uh, I actually didn't even really look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big social media dude. <laughs> uh, my phone was like kind of blown up. So I just kind of put it down and. Yeah, I'm sure I got some ones. Uh, you're trying to stay balanced, right? Yeah. Not let it all go to your head. Exactly. You know, like Z did, yeah. of course, with Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Hey, listen, I feel you. I mean, I had a cameo spot in Creed 2, and I was like so ecstatic to be in that movie, you know? So I get it. Anything with Michael B. Jordan, I'm in and I'm excited about it, and I'm bragging to everybody. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. You know what's cool? I thought about the goal besides the fact, okay, you guys are tremendously skilled and we loved it and we all went excited. And I love that it was on ESPN and all of it because that was important too, as I, you know, speak selfishly. But the other thing is, I think this is so great for the game of hockey. I think this goal brought people into this sport that normally, hey, let's face it, couldn't care less, doesn't follow the sport, doesn't know what an Anaheim duck is. Z, your thoughts? I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to the alley oop. I think that's something that is unique to hockey. Um, and like you said, I don't think it's it's something anybody's seen before. So if it can draw some some different eyes to the game and bring some positivity, I think that's kind of all, all we were trying to do, I guess. Sonny, how about you? I mean, do you think that for sure, like people? Yeah, I mean, it was all over ESPN. As you said, obviously people have never seen the sport. Uh, it kind of showed them that a little bit. And also like even like all the kids copying it and trying to replicate it uh, on Instagram and all that stuff is also pretty cool. So how about your teammates, the veterans, you know, and I can't believe I'm saying Cam Fowler is a veteran, but he's been in the league forever already. And, and Shattenkirk, Shatty's the best. And, you know, I know Getsy was heard. He did, he must, you must have heard from the captain as well. Um, what were some of the things they were sharing with you guys? Cause you know, I said this at the beginning of the year too, you guys, the youth on this team, and that includes you, old man, 25-year-old son. <laughs> the youth on this team has energized the veterans. Yeah, I mean, it was funny. I think after the goal, obviously, uh, Ryan was was hurt, but he texted me. He said that that goal put him into retirement. So <laughs> it definitely, definitely got some good laughs from around the locker room. But uh, I don't know. I think, it was, I think it was pretty cool. And what do you think, Sonny? Do you think, for instance, like this, this youth movement? I mean, I know this is not your first rodeo. You did some amazing things with Columbus, of course. But coming here to the Ducks, 
uh, being part of this youth movement with, you know, Trevor, with Drysdale, with Troy Terry has helped the veterans become rejuvenated. For sure. You can definitely tell. I mean, it's like a lot of vibes in the locker room. Everyone's happy. And uh, I think these kids are just really bringing a lot of energy to the team. So it's definitely helping out. That's very cool. Let's talk big picture with the Ducks. You guys, I've said it before and I'll say it again, one of the most surprised teams in the National Hockey League. When you hear that, has this come to a surprise to you that you're off to such a fabulous start? Um, I'd say yes and no. I mean, I think last year was tough just with no fans and obviously not getting off to the best start. And um, I think there was a lot of different factors. Um, but this year, I mean, like you said, I think it's just a good mix of mm-hmm. – some young guys and some old guys kind of just pulling for each other. And obviously with, we got a great new coaching staff this year. And um, I think the skill set from all of our guys are really coming out this year. And uh, I think we've been a pretty exciting team to watch so far. What do you think, Sonny? Yeah, I'm not very surprised really. I mean, look at our roster. We had Garfars are deep and our decor is amazing. And this new coaching staff really helped out a lot too. So I'm, I'm not really too surprised. Well, I'll leave it there. You guys uh, definitely this team entertaining, fun to watch night and day, as you mentioned from last year. And it's, you're just two of the reasons why, but A, congratulations, not only big picture, your great start, but this amazing goal that helped put the NHL, the Anaheim Ducks on the map for some people that didn't know it existed. So thank you for that. And uh, keep surprising us. All right. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) We'll do it. Thanks, Linda. Okay, we'll see you next week uh, on the 17th. Okay, I can't wait. Keep it up. Bye. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to transition to another team because I am in D.C. You mentioned my crazy schedule, um, and it has been a little nuts. Um, I was in Boston uh, today, uh, earlier today, for um, an interview, and now I'm here, and then I'll be in Minnesota on Tuesday for another game. But I'm here for Caps Pens, which is a game Friday night on ESPN+. Plus. Sid versus Ovi, we're going all in as a network. We're going to have an entire separate broadcast that just follows yeah. them on ISOCAM, which is pretty cool. I'm, I'm excited to maybe rewatch that. Obviously, I'm going to be watching the actual game from my perch. Um, but the thing to me that sticks out about both of those teams, specifically the Washington Capitals right now, they both had a ton of injuries. And with the Capitals, it's the kids that are stepping up. And there's kids that I don't think they expected to be this good this early, but they are. And one player in particular I just learned about today and my Uber ride from the airport. I accidentally booked to Dulles, so it was a very long Uber to get to downtown D.C. Rookie mistake. Um, I talked to his agent back in uh, Europe, and one of those players is Martin Farivari. He is playing top-line D minutes with John Carlson and Linda. I had no idea about this kid's story. It's actually incredible. Grew up in Slovakia. His mom died when he was nine years old. At 14, he left home to go to Sweden because that's a typical path, especially for defensemen that are in Czech Republic or Slovakia to develop. He's supposed to live with this other Slovakian player and his parents. They're there for two weeks and then the player gets cut. And at 14 years old, this kid is living on his own. For breakfast, he eats cereal. For lunch, he eats frozen yogurt that he keeps in the freezer and some more cereal. Very simple, has one pair of shoes that he wears in the winter and summer. But you can tell that he just had to grow up a little bit faster than everyone else. And so to see his precociousness now playing nearly 20 minutes a night on that top pairing for the Washington Capitals is so cool. Alexei Protoss is another one of these kids. He's a Belarusian that's really fit in there. Um, We'll see what happens when Nick Backstrom comes back. I'm sure that not all these forwards will stay. But I love that Ovechkin is competing at such a high level and they've got all the veterans there. 
but the young players are really helping the Capitals out. Yeah, that is a good story. I look forward to seeing him in action and the Capitals, you know, just like that. Don't look now. They continue to be one of the most consistent teams in the NHL. They are on top of the Metropolitan Division. You know, the Rangers, a point behind. Rangers had an opportunity to overtake Washington last night. Could not do it against the Avalanche. All good things come to an end. And that was the Rangers' incredible winning ways. And it came to an end hard when they lost at home. They hadn't lost a home game, Emily, since October 25th. They lost to the Avs and there was controversy there. I, you know, I was watching the game, as I mentioned, uh, I was doing, I don't know, I was doing in the crease last night. You know, I'm like, you, you can't keep it straight what you're doing from day to day, but it's fun. So anyway, I'm watching that game and then what's unbelievable, Jacob Truba, who's a friend to our podcast. He was a guest of our podcast, podcast, one of the great players we talked with uh, media days way back when in September in Chicago and, you know, two straight games. He had a tremendously hard check against the player. I'm going to revert back to you on the player from Chicago, but what I saw last night, it came against Nathan McKinnon. Thank goodness uh, Nate the Great returned to the game in the third period, but it was a legal check. There was no penalty on the play. It was a solid check. Kudos to Gabriel Landeskog, the captain of Colorado, who came in and just, they dropped the gloves. And that's what you do in hockey. But for Jacob Truva to have the Gordie Howe hat trick, as they say, for consecutive games uh, and to do it on back-to-back nights, I believe, don't quote me, but if my memory serves me, he's only the second player in NHL history to have back-to-back Gordie Howe hat tricks on back-to-back nights. Uh, he didn't ask for it. He's just playing his game, which is a hard-hitting defenseman. But why don't you share more about you know what happened in Chicago with a hit from Truba. You know, Linda, I travel so much for work and I'm always doing hockey and then I have an off night like Wednesday and what do I do? I go to the Blackhawks game as a fan and I was sitting there actually and I get my tickets and I look behind me and there's Kyle Davidson, the interim GM and I've never met him in person. We've talked on the phone and I'm just like, Oh, this can't be where I I mean, I'm drinking my beers. I did get good seats. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Okay. uh, It was, Awesome game. Um, you know, I want to talk about the Rangers. That hit, though, on Jujar Kara, it was hard to watch. Um, yeah. Jujar had to get stretchered off the ice. He's a player who's had concussion history. Um, we know that. And just the amount of time that he was there, um, seemingly not moving, and all the players around him kneeling, your heart just always jumps. And you remember, yes, even though it was a clean hit, he wasn't penalized for it. You got to play the next game. Another hit, card hit, which he wasn't penalized for. Um it doesn't make it any easier to stomach. And it, it's just one of those, you know, moments of sobriety. Great news about Kara. He's out of the hospital. Um, they say Good. that, you know, he's in concussion protocol. There's no timetable that they want to give for him to return with his concussions. We never know. Um, but I'm glad to hear that he is conscious and again, discharged from the hospital. Um, I don't know. Rangers- Can I just jump in? I yeah. don't know what else Jacob Truber could have done. You know, you're, they're always yeah. trained since they're young when they see an opposing player with their head down. And if you do everything correctly, fundamentally, Everything is fine. It's not your fault. It's just tough I to know. just put on the brakes. Completely. And, that, and that's what the hardest part to stomach, right? It's like within the rules of the game, but we're always reminded that it is inherently a violent game. <sighs> okay. There's no easy way to transition here. But when I was watching the Rangers that night, I couldn't help but think, are they actually good? Are they <laughs> a really good team? Because seriously, Igor Shesterkin didn't play that game. And he has absolutely been the story of their season. He's been unbelievable, stepping up for the king. You see why they were so excited about him and really why they bought out Henrik Lundqvist to give this kid a chance. Um, 
but everyone else around him has seemed to step up. And I wonder, is this the Gerard Gallant effect where he's a player's coach, he can bring out the best in these guys, and all of a sudden, Capococco doesn't look as lost as he was, and Alexis Lafreniere maybe is in better positions than he was. Um, but they look like they're going to be a playoff team, and I think they're going to take that Islanders spot that we all wrote off the Islanders for. Yeah, you know, I've been talking up Gerard Gallant since he was hired. I'm a big fan, big believer in what he does and how – his players play hard for him and respect them at the same time. So we're seeing that for most of this great record that the Rangers have, which at the moment is 17, five and three good for second place. As I mentioned in the Metro behind the caps, um, a lot of it has to do with uh, Igor Shesterkin, but with that lower body injury, he's out for a little bit. Uh, and, you know, last night was a hiccup. The poor goalie, I can't remember his name. He's already been sent down to Hartford. Uh, he had a tough outing uh, took, uh, was on the, you know, to goal seven goals, uh, wasn't his fault for a lot of them, but just wasn't meant to be, uh, his time to shine in the NHL. Keith Kincaid has been activated, uh, finally back, uh, up with the New York Rangers. So he will help, uh, Georgiev, but big picture for the Rangers, Shesterkin, big reason, Gallant, a big reason behind the bench. And another big reason is Chris Kreider, Chris Kreider. Uh, you don't look at his assist numbers. They're kind of embarrassing, but his goals, he's got 17, 16 goals, something like that. It's truly amazing. I think he only has three assists. You know, I'm sure he's getting ribbon from his teammates saying, hey, Chris, cries. can you pass the puck once every blue moon? But the boy, he doesn't care. He's contributing. He just knows how to play the position that is power forward in front of the net. He's one of the best. Speaking of eye-hand coordination, he's one of the best at it. Most of his goals obviously come right around the net, usually deflections. So he's another big reason why. Can they sustain it, right? That's the next question for the New York Rangers. I believe they can. Before the season began, I thought they were going to make the playoffs. I thought it was going to be a wild card situation. Who knows? It could still might be a wild card situation. But to get off to this great start, uh, and so far they've sustained it, and this they're that consistent, uh, I'm not really worried about them. But they need Shesterkin because they're not going to go anywhere, even if they get in the postseason without Igor Shesterkin, who's been, as you know, he's a Vezina Trophy finalist I, in my mind. Yeah, he has been. He's been unbelievable. And Georgiev kind of needs to find his game. It's been a precipitous drop for him, but maybe he that's likes someone. to play. This is going to yeah. be good for him. It's like bittersweet, right, Em? I mean, it's going to be good for him. He's going to get playing time, which he wasn't getting. Gallant always went to Shesterkin, you know, right or wrong. He continued to go with that hot hand. Uh, now Georgiev is getting playing time. I was surprised I didn't see him in the net last night, even on back-to-back -back games. But uh, like I said, um, this will be good for Georgiev. Yeah. All right. Another team I've been super impressed with, and I'm really excited because I have their game on Tuesday, is the Minnesota Wild. Linda, mm. they look amazing. They are a team that maybe, you know, you're like, okay, might they take a step back from what they did last year? It was the Kirill Kaprizov show, but is there, you know, everything around him? There's everything around him and more. And you have to give Bill Guerin a lot of credit because he looked at his team and he said, you know, we need a transition. We feel like Zach Parise and Ryan Suter were the identity of this team for so long. Maybe they're not producing as much on the ice, specifically one of them, but also just off the ice. Maybe we just need a different complexion in the locker room. He made the hard decision to buy them out and look at how the rest of the team has really responded. They formed a new identity. Dean Evison might be one of the coaches of the year. Another guy I want to throw out there is Mike Sullivan. If just look at all the Penguins injuries that they've had and the record that they've been able to sustain. And that was Jake Gensel is the latest, um, which is such a bummer because he was playing at an unbelievable level. I digress. The Minnesota Wild are for real, Linda. 
Yeah, I mean, it feels like by watching the Wild, and I covered uh, one of their games between the benches early on in the season, just really impressed with it. And there was never panic on the bench, never panic on the ice. No moment was too big for them, right? I mean, no stage was too... This was before Kirill Kaprizov found his game early mm-hmm. on in the season. Now, the other 97, yes, that's Kirill Kaprizov, he has found his game, okay? And he's having a great time. And guys like Marcus Foligno is such a great leader. He wears the A on his sweater. We know Jared Spurgeon is the captain. I believe the captain is back uh, in the lineup. So that's great news for them. But they have great leadership and they have a beautiful mix of young players and hungry players. One of my favorites is Kevin Fiala. You know, I had a great conversation with him early in the season. And we talked about how, you know, he was one of the guys that didn't get that long-term deal. And he was the only one on that team when he had an opportunity, they didn't give it to him. They wanted to see more, meaning the Bill Garens and everybody else in management for the wild. And he's using that as inspiration. He told me that. He's like, yeah, I'm using that as inspiration and motivation. But he's not having a great year, Linda. I know, but he was earlier. I still have faith in this guy because he has so much talent. And it's really hard, Emily. I mean, when you have that pressure on you and now it's you don't know if you're finishing the year with the Minnesota Wild and you would be sent to wherever, you don't yeah. know. Um, I think, you know, you, you have to handle that pressure. And I think he's still a young player. He's like 25 years old. He's still learning how to do that. So I still have faith in him, but I, I, I hope for his sake, he does start heating up because either he's going to be helping the wild, the team that he told me he wants to stay with, or his, uh, you know, trade value will increase. And maybe another team who's in a great position, like a wild team to be a Stanley cup contender will grab him and think he's a big help maybe for a power play because Fiala still knows where the net is. I have not lost faith in. I love it. Sorry, I can't. I literally just got distracted in the middle of your talking because I'm sitting in this DC hotel room and right above me is this like really eerie portrait of Abraham Lincoln just staring at me. It's so creepy. I know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to sleep tonight. I think it's the whole DC flavor. Yeah. And Linda Fiala is one of those guys that I'm starting to hear in the trade chatter. And I had a story up. It's on ESPN.com. It is a plus article. I would encourage you to read it, though. It's some of the early trade chatter that I'm hearing. And I think we should get into that on Monday's episode because, look, the trade deadline is March 21st, but we're past American Thanksgiving. Everyone's talking about these things. One last thing, though, I want to talk about is the Arizona Coyote situation because we talked about it at the end of last year's week's podcast. And I told you, this team is so committed to this new project in Tempe. They want it to get done. They're excited about it. But it almost feels like they forget about the issue at hand, which is the arena they're currently playing in because Glendale, we know that there's a fractured relationship between the city and the team. This is the last year of their lease. Glendale's like, we're not renewing it. You guys are out. And then it turns out that the Coyotes have not paid taxes. Now, the Coyotes say, well- Who's responsible? Who's responsible? How do you not pay taxes? It's embarrassing, quite frankly. It's embarrassing that things like this just always happen with this team. Um, They say it's a human error. Come on. There's something else there. Um, I know that the NHL is just fed up with all of these headlines that come out about them. The NHL, again, is really encouraged and they want to keep them there and they want this Tempe project to go through. But I do get the sense that like there's a shadow situation behind the scenes where the NHL is figuring out some contingency plans of like, hey, if there's always something with these guys and they just can't figure it out, maybe we do finally have to move them. You're right, though. I don't think it makes the NHL or Gary Bettman look good. I mean, I know he's trying to be find hope. And he knows more than us right now, obviously behind the scenes uh, with all the money matters. But when let's just say this, let's say it was another professional sports league 
and you kept hearing about the same franchise having money problems, that seems to have a negative rippling effect to me on the rest of the league, where they're like, oh, the NHL isn't big time. Like we never hear this about the NFL, you know, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. So I hope, really hope the league, you know, gets to the bottom of this and stops wasting time. And I'm really disappointed in this keeps coming back to the Coyotes. I, I really felt that it would work. Hockey would work in this incredible environment. But right now it's not happening. And right now it's not happening. And I think the saddest part about it is this is now spanning more than one ownership group. So you're mm. like, maybe it's just a systemic issue with the market and like, stop trying to make fetch happen. Just Arizona hockey just maybe it can't support an NHL team. Now I know there's so many fans in Arizona and there's such a good grassroots level growing the game. Arizona state has a wonderful team. That's amazing for the state participation has ballooned. We've got Austin Matthews as this incredible success story, but they haven't been able to figure it out. And it's now been 25 years. At what point do you pull the cord? Okay. We got to cut the cord on this podcast, Linda. So I already told you a little bit about my schedule between the benches, Friday night, ESPN plus caps pens, um, I'll talk to you again on Monday and then Tuesday, I've got that wild Canes game, which should be fun because they're two amazing teams. What do you got cooking the next couple of days? Well, catch me on in the crease tonight, Thursday night. Of course, we got a 10 game slate, by the way, uh, a lot of late games. Okay. Not late for me, but late for people on the East coast, like you right now being in DC. Uh, so we'll probably go live at 10 30 PM Pacific, 1 30 AM Eastern. And then, uh, Friday, you'll hear my voice during your game. Uh, with the uh, pens and caps uh, as I do cut-ins. And also on Saturday, I'll be hosting in the crease. I got a Ducks game next week, December 17th, which I'll have plenty of time to promote. So I'm really pumped up about that. I wonder what they'll do next in that game. Stay tuned. (laughs) Okay, before we let you go, we want you all to go, please check out Swagoo and Perk, a new ESPN podcast led by its namesake host, former NFL veteran and analyst, Marcus Spears, he's Swagoo, and NBA champion and analyst Kendrick Perkins, Perk, with new episodes every Tuesday morning. Spears and Perkins will bring listeners the latest NBA and NFL news, as well as a look inside their lives, career journey with can't-miss conversations, and welcome in top sports and celebrity guests. That's Swagoo and Perk. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.